by all means, right here on Western Reserve Radio. I am your host, Mark Means, Dave Ferris in our Struthers Studios, spinning the dials. The show is always brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course. Book your tee time online now by going to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or calling them at 330-740-7112. Find us on Facebook. Just search Western Reserve Radio. Download the live 365 or tune-in apps or just go to westernreserveradio.com to listen to the show. Phone numbers 330-707-4202. Coming up after our first break. We are joined by Director of Golf Brian Tonar out at Mill Creek Metro Parks, and it's been a very busy couple of weeks for Brian and his staff out there, so we'll get caught up with everything going on at the golf course after our first time out. You may have heard, if you're into sports broadcast radio, SB Nation Radio going to change up just a little, but the programming is going to stay the same. SB Nation Radio going to become Sports Map Radio Network, but you'll still hear all the great programming that they provided and have provided with us here at Western Reserve Radio. So that is coming in the near future here on Western Reserve Radio as SB Nation Radio becomes the Sports Map Radio Network, and we are excited to continue to work with all of them right here on a Western Reserve Radio. Got a lot to get to on today's show after Brian Tonart joins us to talk about Mill Creek Golf Course. Of course, the Indians have played their first two exhibition games. We'll talk about some of the interesting things in the ballpark yesterday uh, as they have definitely increased the advertising in the ballpark uh, that they've had in years past. Almost reminds you of watching the movie Major League where they come down the tunnel and onto the field and see all of the advertising billboards up on the stadium walls. We'll talk about the artificial crowd sound, the PA, the walk-up music, fireworks for a home run. It was pretty much everything you'd expect at an Indians game except, well, there were no fans in attendance, and the Indians beat the Pirates last night 11-7, taking the first two of their three-game series in uh, summer league exhibition games before the Indians open up play on Friday night, hosting the Kansas City Royals. We'll also talk about the fact that hockey is not that far around the corner as well. The NBA and NHL games getting ready to pick up in their respective bubbles, uh, both in Canada for the NHL and in Orlando, which has, has gone pretty well for the NBA. Uh, so over the last hey, week, they had no Would you positive test for COVID-19. We're going to take our first break here on By All Means, and when we come back, we'll have a lot more for you. We'll take this break, come back, and be joined by Brian Tonart from Mill Creek Metro Parks right after this. By All Means continues right here on Western Reserve Radio, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Book your tee time online now by going to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or calling them at 330-740-7112. And speaking of Mill Creek Golf Course, our buddy Brian Tonar, Director of Golf, right out there at Mill Creek Golf Course, is on the phone. And uh, you've got to love these summer hot days that we've had in the last couple of weeks, Brian. Great for golfing. I'll tell you what, we've had an exceptional June and an even better July. The weather's been unbelievably good. I, I tell everybody we, we kid around when it's when it's real damp and the conditions are soft. 
everybody's getting no roll. They, they tend to complain a little bit. No one complains at all when your ball's hitting and getting an extra 50 yards of roll. So we're excited to uh, have the great weather and, and, and such a great uh, summer thus far. You've got a lot of things going on, of course, out there at Mill Creek, but let's start with the PGA for a minute. How do you feel like the PGA has handled everything with COVID-19? There was hope that they were going to have galleries this week, this past weekend in Columbus. They changed, decided not to do that, and it looks like that may continue for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think they've handled it about as good as you can. I mean, like like any sports and anything that's going on, any events right now that have not been canceled, I think they've done a reasonable job of uh, making sure that everybody stays safe. And, you know, first and foremost, you're looking at the players' protection. You're looking at their families' protection and, and, the, and the galleries as well. Uh, I think they've done a nice job of, of, of handling that. Now, Ohio was set to allow them to have um, 50% of their uh, capacity spectators this this past week the pga tour on a national level basically shut them down um, and basically said the rest of the year they're gonna they're gonna hold off originally uh, this would have been the first event that they would have had spectators uh, other than some events coming down the stretch here in later later parts of this the month of august so you know, I, I think you're, everybody's doing what they can to be as safe as they possibly can. I mean, nothing's perfect, um, and it is an avenue that, you know, for the, for the game of golf to grow it, to be able to see something on TV that's live sports has been, I think, nothing short of spectacular at this point, knowing that we lost basketball and that the, the uh, question marks that lie around high school football and collegiate football and so on down the line. Um, I think it's just, I think it's good for the game to be able to, to sit back and watch something other than uh, the news. And for you out at Mill Creek with your staff, I know summer is always a busy time, whether it's greatest golf or a lot of other events going on. you got a lot happening at Mill Creek. We do. Um, and, you know, This week in particular, we have the Nota Begay uh, Junior Regional Championship. Uh, where we have 100 players trying to qualify for about a half a dozen spots to go to the national finals in Louisiana. Nota Begay was Tiger Woods' roommate at Stanford. They both played on the PGA Tour together. Nota Begay won about six times, uh, was a member of the U.S. Ryder Cup team with Tiger Woods. Um, so we're happy to be able to host that. We've got them Thursday and Friday, and then obviously Friday and Saturday we do our traditional uh, family golf evenings. You know, For 25 bucks, you can bring a family of four out after 4.30, just book a tee time. But it has been exceptionally busy um, from when we reopened after the little pause with the, the COVID scare. Um, very safe venue to play. Our guys sanitize everything you know, two, three times a day. Uh, it's probably building's never been cleaner than it than it has been in many many years, and you know safety's foremost what we're trying to trying to push, um, and that goes no different with any of the events that we host and some of the the outings and the 41 leagues that we host here on a daily basis. You know, hosting that tournament for a couple of days this week, were there any extra things uh, that you were required to do to be fortunate enough to be the host venue? Well, we, we, we got lucky. You know, a lot of things come with hosting an AJGA event. A lot of other tournaments look for similar venues that can host a, a, a tournament at that national level, and we're fortunate to be able to land that. From a tournament perspective, their scoring will be done online. Basically, the player will come in, sign his scorecard. Everything will be done electronically. You won't see any scoreboards like we traditionally would have. Uh, players' temperatures will be getting checked at check-in each day. Uh, there's one check-in for registration on Thursday. 
Uh, players will be getting their gift gift packages and then uh, a temperature check on Friday before they play. So they do have some uh, things that they're doing from a sanitation standpoint where everything gets wiped down, everything gets it gets washed down, et cetera. But they all fall within the CDC's guidelines. And you know, we've had the health department out here about every other weekend as they check uh, restaurant facilities and, and golf facilities alike. And so far we've had no issues uh, to speak of. So that just goes to show you how hard our staff has worked on just making golf possible in a year that's been tough from, from the outer, outer beginnings. How much do you think, whether it's uh, playing in a league there or just coming out and playing with family or friends, uh, it, it's an opportunity to, you know, I always talk about when we were out there doing other shows, how you when you enter the park, you feel like you could kind of es- escape the real world for a little while and things just kind of slow down. But when you go out on the golf course with everything that's going on, with all of the challenges everyone is facing right now, it's an opportunity to kind of just escape for a little while and focus in on playing a sport everyone loves. It, it is, you know, it really is. When you think about an outdoor venue that's safe, it's in open air, it's in uh, great weather. Um, being shut down for a couple months, we had a lot of traffic on our East Golf Trail that, that parallels West Golf Drive where the golf course is on. So we opened it up for walking uh, while we were closed for that you know month and a half stretch. We had probably two to three hundred people on the golf course staying on the pass, walking around, and it's no different from the golfer's perspective. They want to have an opportunity to, to come out and play in a safe environment. Plus, they want to make sure that the, the environment stays safe and they're not doing anything. You know, they're socially distancing, and, you know, wearing masks when they come in and check in because they want to keep the opportunities continuing to go. And depending upon you know what the governor says here on on Thursday when we. When he has a, a press conference, and, you know things could change, and they were changing about every 12 hours early on. So people are very cognizant of, hey, this is a opportunity for us to be out and not stuck at home, and they want to make sure and they want to ensure that they have the opportunity to continue to do that the rest of the year. So our our staff has been wonderful about it. Our uh, customers have been excellent about it by abiding to all the rules and regulations that we put into place with the social distancing, the cleaning procedures and, and cart return and so on and so forth that, uh, you know, we're very, very lucky to be in the position that we're in. You know, um, we only got a couple minutes left, but I noticed on the park social media, and I believe maybe yours too, uh, some of the upgrades that continue to go around the park, including some new machines in the batting cages. Uh, I don't know if it was slower or faster what it was. I know I probably couldn't hit whatever you put in there, but that's a nice upgrade for people to come out and enjoy. It is. We're excited when we put down our uh, capital improvement items. That's something that's been on the roster the last past two years. Our machines were well over, I believe, 28 years old, maybe 32 years old when it was all said and done. So it was an area that we felt that we could really improve upon. We, we replaced those with uh, three softball machines, a slow pitch, a medium pace, and a fast pitch. And then we also uh, put in four baseball machines, a really, really fast pitch, a uh, two mediums and a slow pitch as well so we can get the uh, speeds a little bit quicker in the fast pitch we we don't have it quite up there but the fast pitch is measured in about 70 to 72 miles an hour the rest of them are in that like 35 to 45 uh, mile an hour range and it's on setting number five so we've got 10 levels on these new machines where our old machines had three levels and the, the the medium speed is around that 70 miles per hour number. So you could increase that uh, substantially if if you really wanted to. But, uh, you know, it's a great improvement for that WIC recreation area. We're just adding a maintenance building down there as well, which will be able to revitalize the uh, warming house, which has been basically used for half the maintenance and half our rec 
uh, programming. It'll be a fully functioning rec facility when we do some upgrades there. So we're excited about some of the, the things that we put together for the WIC recreation area, as well as the golf course here. We've got the golf cart pass coming on the south course and the four remaining holes on the north course here in about a week. So we're excited to be able to put that in place for years like we had last year where it was so wet. You know, this will be from this point on, we'll be able to accommodate uh, when the golf course gets wet by having the ability to send carts out there and keeping them on the paths and keeping people playing. Well, Brian, we appreciate it as always. Uh, thank you for uh, being able to jump in and join us for a few minutes on a, what is a, a very busy week and a very busy schedule out there. We appreciate it. Appreciate being a, a part of the show for the summer, and we'll talk to you again in a few weeks. You got it, Mark. Sounds great. Appreciate you guys having me on, and I love what you guys do for the, the Metro Parks here and, and, and talking about our facilities and uh, and just the, the park in, in general. It's been uh, it's a good relationship with both, so thank you. We appreciate that. It's Brian Tonar, Director of Golf at Mill Creek Metro Parks. We're going to take another timeout. When we come back on the other side of By All Means, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course, we'll have Ryan join us. We'll talk a little baseball with opening day coming up on Thursday and Friday. It's By All Means on Western Reserve Radio. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio, the radio home of the Youngstown Phantoms, part of the Live 365 Network and SB Nation. means continues right here on western reserve radio presented by mill creek golf course of course find us again on facebook just search for western reserve radio the live 365 or tune in apps or just head over to western reserve radio.com want to jump in talk a little indians ryan will join us here momentarily want to also thank brian tonar from mill creek mentor parks for joining us in the opening segment there's a lot of interesting things that happened in, in last night's Indians game, and a lot of them really have nothing to do with the game itself being played between the lines. I've had a chance to watch a couple of these summer games, and different networks are choosing whether they're going to use artificial crowd sound or not. Uh, different stadiums are doing a lot of different things. Whether uh, I watched uh, Yankees Mets a couple nights ago, uh, they were actually using a PA announcer and walk-up music at their ballpark. Uh, last night, the Indians used a PA announcer. There was walk-up music. There was even fireworks when they hit multiple home runs in that game against the Pirates last night. But the interesting thing was, and I kind of referenced it in the in the very first segment, was. There's definitely a lot more advertising in the ballpark at Progressive Field last night than we're used to normally seeing. And I understand teams doing that because with no fans uh, and no revenue coming in from tickets or merchandise or concessions in the ballpark, teams are trying to find another way uh, to create a, a profit point. And it, it, the, the signs in the stadium, you see them all over baseball. Some teams have more advertisers than others. But the one thing that stood out to me for sure last night was up the first and third baseline. And I don't even remember who the companies were, but Major League Baseball has given teams permission, and the Indians have taken advantage of that to actually where you would see maybe the team logo behind home plate painted in the grass or you know opening weekend or, or something to that effect that you might see painted on the field uh, there were actually two different i think they were cleveland-based companies uh, that were painted on the field as you go I'm up here. the first and third baselines 
and that's that's something different that you don't normally see. But at this point, when you're a major league baseball team looking to find a, a profit point, I don't really know if I could fault them for doing that. It definitely is going to take time to get used to something like that. But you know, if the opportunity is there to to take some advertising dollars like that, I say go ahead and do it. Yeah, and you know what? I actually liked how the Indians in the outfield had the advertisements blocking off some of the seats. Because, mm-hmm. to me, the less you see those empty seats, the less uh, of an eyesore it is, and maybe a little bit of a reminder of what things are really like. So, I will say this. I didn't mind the ads, and you're right. they got to make revenue somehow. they got to make up for that a little bit. And I, I also thought that the Indians' ballparks, you know, and I've only seen... So far, what? City Field for the Mets. I watched that game. I watched, you know, the uh, Indians played at PNC and ours. And I really thought, you know, for once, the Indians not having those seats, those, uh, you know, luxury seats behind the home plate. I really thought the Indians ballpark, oddly enough, was built the best for not having fans. It it was interesting because in other games, and I've watched way too many since they've been playing these, you know, spring training games to whatever they want to call them. And um, those dugout suites are perfect because that's where the the two teams kind of went. So because you're not to be in the dugout if you're not playing in the game or one of the coaches, and you still get a good view of the field, and you're really not that far from the dugout. Just should you need to enter the game for whatever reason it may be, and for having all of those inter squad games and everything that's been going on the last couple of weeks, I thought the ballpark looked really good. Yeah, I did too. And I do think baseball is going to be the one sport that can get away with this more than the other one. Baseball to me is kind of built for, it's more of a, you know, low-key game. You know, it's not like football or or basketball maybe or even hockey where there's constant crowd noise because there's constant action. So to me, baseball is really going to become like the quarantine sport. Like I do feel like baseball is going to translate a lot better than the other sports. And some of these numbers for these exhibition games, that first night the Mets and Yankees played, the television ratings were just absolutely through the roof because, I mean, those are big baseball markets already, but it it gives you something to watch. And that was kind of my question, like, you know, are you excited to see baseball back? But you mentioned you're watching games that don't even involve your team. That tells me either you're desperate to watch sports on TV or you're excited for baseball to be back. How's both? Can I say A and B? (laughs) Right. Yeah, trust. Yeah, it's both A and B. Absolutely. And it's one of those where the one thing that surprised me and, you know, different TV networks are choosing to do different things with the artificial sound. Some are kind of cranking up the volume when it's a a big situation with runners on or need to get a guy uh, struck out. Others are just keeping it a, a low level. The one thing I will admit that surprised me that teams are doing is... Like the Indians did fireworks for a home run yesterday. They yep. had the PA announcer and they had the walk-up music. I was surprised by the PA announcer and the walk-up music because who were you using those things for? Because, I mean, you talk to players and they may hear their walk-up music, but I don't know if they hear the PA announcer ever. I think that could be just more for effect or maybe it's for some of the uh, writers or media people in attendance. And I think they're also just trying to do their best to make it as normal as possible under the circumstance. So, I mean, I don't really fault them for trying different things, and it didn't bother me to hear the walk-up music or the PA announcer. Like I said, the Indians park is built in such a way that you don't really get unless they're showing you a wide shot or, you know, a ball hit to the outfield. 
you know, uh, you don't see a lot of that emptiness. And you can if you're just kind of sitting there enjoying yourself and not really thinking about anything else. You can fool yourself into thinking that it's a normal game with a crowd. And, um, you know, you can avoid I, – I still <laughs> – some of the camera shots they were using, I've noticed in all these ballparks, like when they're doing the big wide shots or they were following a foul ball into the crowd, it's like, you, you don't need those shots right now, Mr. Director. There's nothing to see there. So right. I would also try to not only, uh, you know, tailor the in-game experience to make it as lifelike as possible, but they need to be a little bit more creative with how they're actually shooting the games with the cameras and everything, too. I did watch, I think I was watching Yankees-Mets, one of those games, and they were talking about how they actually added an extra camera that is directly behind home plate That it, in their their ballpark, because of where the seats are, you couldn't do that. So I there's more cameras. I know there's more cameras for replay because of the fact there's no fans. So they, I'm sure as we go along in the beginning with opening day coming up on Thursday, they'll kind of figure out how the new normal is to shoot a baseball game. Yeah, and I think you're going to notice that with all the sports as well. I think, you know, you're going to have to think of different ways to present them. I did end up taking a look at, they released what the courts were going to look like for the NBA. And they look nice, and I saw a little bit of the building. I'm still wondering, nobody's mentioned it, if they're going to be able to have players who aren't playing watching games as fans, because I think that would help a tremendous amount. But you're right. I mean, like the camera behind uh, home plate, they're, they're going to have to, for all these major sports, think outside of the box a little bit with how to shoot them and present them. So it's just not looking like you're watching a game at the YMCA or whatever the case is. And there's been a lot of games with players mic'd up so far, and I know you've always been a big fan of that, whether it's with spring training, an all-star game, but if players are willing to do it, and I don't know who will because it's going to be such a run for the playoff with such a shortened season, I try and have players mic'd up during games that actually matter starting this weekend. Yeah, that would be a great idea. Would you, you know, that you know, you mentioned how they have that kind of second dugout in the stands where the players who aren't in the game are playing. Why not mic them up? Or why not have some sound coming out of there? Because, I mean, it's not like a full house or anything, but there's definitely a few guys under there. And, is, you know, you put a little delay on it if you're worried. But yeah. would you think of something doing like that? I would try anything that the players are kind of willing to do, the league is trying, willing to do, because it's one of those where, I mean, just watching a couple of these exhibition games so far, you hear a lot of things you normally wouldn't that the crowd drowns out, whether it's the dugout or somebody chirping on a pitch that's borderline. You're going to hear a lot of things. You might even hear some conversations between base runners and the first base coach. That would be nice. I would love to hear those conversations. Because you don't really know what happens when a guy hits a single and the first base coach talks to him or what they're saying on third. I would be all in favor of hearing some of the, you know, in-game coaching or managing, if you will, during these games. They did it during uh, UFC where you could hear the corners and everything as plain as day. And it was actually kind of made it nice because you were like, oh, okay, this is the strategy they're using. As long as it's not giving away game strategies, I think that would be a really cool thing. You know, and I've always wondered, you know, being the over-the-top baseball guy, when you play first base and there's a runner on first, you always see the, them talking. I want to know, is it just, a, you know, how's the wife and kids, or is it, you know, what's the conversation like? Yeah, I would love to hear that. I would love to hear, and this might 
ruined the whole uh, facade, if you will. But you know that there are times, not every time, I'd say the majority of them are legit. But we do know that there's times that managers will go out there and basically tell an umpire to kick him out of the game to get his team going. So oh, I right. think it would be fun to hear the arguments between managers and umpires and then see if you ever got one of the gimmick ones like, hey, Phil, I need you to throw me out right now because my team's garbage. <laughs> that would be great. It's it's exciting to see baseball back. There's going to be a lot of games coming up this weekend locally uh, and, and nationally televised. Uh, if you have DirecTV or one of those uh, companies that provides you with the MLB network, I know you get the package for free for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this weekend. So there's a lot of opportunity to watch baseball, uh, especially coming up in the next few days. We're going to take another break. When we come back, there are two other sports that are getting ready to make their return in the next couple weeks we'll talk a little nba and some hockey as those two sports set to return here within the next week or so and see how their bubbles are doing and we'll hopefully have an update on Sidney crosby here in the near future you're listening to by all means presented by milk creek golf course we'll be right back after this here on western reserve radio Listening to WRDB, Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting, Youngstown, Warren, Salem, and around the world. Continues right here on Western Reserve Radio, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Mark Means, Ryan Alessio from Cleveland. I'm here in Niles. Dave is in Struthers. And Ryan, I, I thought of something I wanted to ask you before we talk about the NHL and the NBA. And it made me think about last night's Indians game and the flexibility of the lineup that Tito put out there with four switch hitters in the first four spots that could really be a potent front four for the Indians that are all switch hitters. And I was intrigued with having Jose Ramirez in the number two spot of the lineup. I think that's a good spot for him. I will say before I answer this, my favorite part of the game yesterday was in the third inning. If that, I get a text from you about how we can't hit. I'm like, <laughs> Mark, you did- it's the third inning. <laughs> <laughs> I love baseball season because Mark is like I am where we are not. Here's the thing. If we're doing something on the radio, we can be very, you know, we can think forward. We don't take everything, you know, the way it looks right now. But if a game is on, in-game, we are as short-sighted as ever. If they don't have a hit or a run in the third inning, we're, like, we're not scoring. We're not scoring. <laughs> and, uh, I love it. <laughs> So I, I love that when that the game too. is on, that our common sense and reason just goes right out the window. You know what? And Jose Ramirez, when we talked about key players last week, I, I kind of forgot about him because he oh, I started did so slow the last couple of years. The Indians offensively can really not afford for him to do that in a 60-game season. No, and I mean, I was pretty encouraged yesterday, too, because like you said, they, they can do some different things in the lineup. As the game went on, some of the younger guys and guys that we have been waiting to see, you know, kind of break through, like Zimmer and these guys actually uh, were really hitting the ball well, driving the ball out of the park. And I think a week or so ago or two ago, I was asking you, I was like, I wonder if it's going to be up to these guys in the lineup 
and you know, you've said it too, the, the, the major stars, they got to eat. They're going to have to. But we're going to need a lot of these young guys uh, to, to really step up early on because they're going to have opportunities because I still think, maybe not for everybody, that pitching is going to be slower to come around than hitting. But if we can get, I mean, if you think about it, the game in Pittsburgh, we didn't score. And then in the seventh, eighth inning, we end up coming back, putting five on the board and winning the games. And the Indians continue being, you know, dormant for one through seven innings. And then I guess in, I think it was lately we've been the, one of the best scoring teams after the seventh inning. But last night, 15 hits, 11 runs. Is it because we're playing the Pirates or is this something, not 11 runs, but are we seeing with, like you mentioned, Tito's lineups and what he can do and how he can switch guys and the switch hitters? Do you think this might be an offense that we actually see come out of the gate swinging for a change? Because usually it takes the offense for the Indians like three months to get going. It's going to be really hard to tell because the one thing we've learned for sure over the first two games with one more coming tomorrow, the bullpen for the Pirates might not be very good. And that's going to be a problem because you're going to use your bullpen a lot in a short season. But there's been a lot of things I'm really excited about. Like, they talked a lot about on Sports Time Ohio yesterday the way Zimmer changed his swing. And he's already like 6'6", 6'7". He would keep that up high, and he'd get beat by you know inside fastballs. And he's really brought the hand down, and he's working on that new swing. And it looked really good from, from what I saw in the inter-squad games, and especially yesterday. And he's kind of a guy you forget about. I mean, you're talking about Reyes and Santana and Mercado uh, and Luplo, and there's a lot of really good outfielders on the Indians all of a sudden that are competing for time. And if Zimmer throws his name into the mix, he could bring a lot of things. He's a good runner. He's a plus defender. And if he can hit, too, it'll be nice to have him early on and in, in, when the season begins on Friday. Yes, it will. And, and did you see uh, Naquin? I mean, he's looking good. He's healthy. Uh, sorry, who? You know me. Huh? I, I said, I'm sorry, who? Tyler, who? Stop it. You know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that if he's healthy, and I've been banking, this is like, I'm good. This is, I feel like I'm sticking up for Josh Tomlin again. But this is, you know, a guy that if he's healthy, and I mean, last year before he went down, he's hit 288. He had 10 home runs. And he said that he feels great. This is the best. This is exactly how he wants his body to feel. So if he can stay out there, he's another guy. And i got to throw this because I know you want to talk about the other sports too, but this is the last show we're having before the season starts for the Indians. So you know what we got to do? Predictions. Let's hear it. What are the Indians doing this year? Um, I have them at 33-27 and 27 and in second place in the division, which will probably be a wild card team. All right. I'll go... I was kind of, I was a little bit higher because would you have 33? Mm-hmm. I had him closer to 40. I was thinking maybe 37, and you know what would that be? 23, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. All the projections for the the division, I believe, have the Twins winning 35, the Indians winning 33, and the White Sox winning 32. So that could be a fun summer stretch between those three teams when they play each other. Yeah, that that I see that did the twins lose anybody? I just you know with the big break and everything, I just haven't. No, did they, they lose any Josh key Donaldson. players? No. No, they, the Josh Donaldson's on the team now, and they picked up a couple starting pitchers. Oh, so they got better. They did. 
Ah, well, rats, huh? You could have lied to me, you know? Um, <laughs> they're, they're all hurt. They're going to be terrible. We'll win the division by 20 games. Oh, that's what I want to hear. That's exactly what I want to hear. All right. Well, I'll still stick with my win total, but, I mean, it's maybe not out of the realm of possibility if that's the case that the Twins can win 40 games. So it could be like last year where, would we win, 94 games and still didn't win the division? So it could be something like that again. I mean, they're unfortunately very good, and they, they just continue to plug holes and get a little bit better. So I know you and I have talked about it. I sent you the schedule a couple of days ago. The NBA, NHL are right around the corner for uh, for playing some games that matter. Yeah, they are. Uh, are you looking – here's the thing. Without the Cavs being there, and I guess in September they might try to do a small tournament for the Delete Eight, if you will. Right. I do think – the Penguins, I, I mean, that scrimmage the other day didn't look too great, but the one uh, over the weekend did. I do think the Penguins with that front line, that first line, and, you know, Matt, if Matt Murray falls apart, uh, Jari is, is ready to go. I actually feel pretty good about the Penguins' chances in this uh, reboot or this playoff tournament they're doing. How about you? You know, I do too. I mean, you've got a, a favorable match in the first round, and then who knows what could happen if you end up matching up with the Flyers in round two. Well, well hopefully they just get right by them. That would be, you know, what I'd be hoping for, and then we can make fun of, uh, what's his name, Justin. Absolutely. There's a lot of Flyers fans around me, so I would enjoy that. Hey, I'm trying to come up with, and I need your help, when the NBA returns, I can watch games, but I, I need to have a team. And obviously the Cavs aren't involved in it. And you know, I'm thinking about a couple of teams to consider following. And they're both in the West, and they're the Rockets and the Mavs. What do you think about you know jumping on board with the bandwagon of one of those two teams? Yeah, I, the Mavs were on my list because Luka is just a complete joy to watch. They have a nice team down there. Uh, bringing in Porzingis for his running mate was great. Houston's, I mean, watching Harden and Westbrook do their thing is always fun. Uh, I'll probably root for the Bucks a little bit just because I like Giannis and I, and I like, uh, you know, it's Milwaukee. They kind of remind me of when Cleveland has LeBron and a really small market doing good things. Uh, I will say this. I, I like the Clippers a little bit. Um, if the Lakers win it, I'm not rooting against them by any stretch. I won't be mad. As a matter of fact, I would be okay with that because I like when LeBron gets rings because it makes half the world sad. And <laughs> with everything that happened to Kobe with that tragedy, maybe the Lakers should win it. So I'm kind of with you. I, I like the Dallas idea. I like Houston, maybe Milwaukee. I still like Toronto because I admire their franchise. No matter who's on that roster, they win. So there's several. We'll have to see. We'll, I'll have to see. I don't know who I'm going to throw my hat into, like, 100%, but there's going to be a couple different teams I'll be low-key rooting for. You know, I, I love Toronto, too. It's one of those teams that, you know, they they had a point to prove this year, not having Kawhi and continuing to win second-best record in the East behind Milwaukee. And, uh, you know, they, you know, I like the way they go out and find guys. Like, I love watching Siakam play. He's a guy a couple years ago nobody had heard of, and he's become one of the elite players in the league in just a few short years. Yeah, he has, and, and, you know, that's just, again, credit to their uh, organization, their GM, uh, their coaching staff. And, and, again, doing that in Toronto where they're the only NBA team up there, it's not easy if you're up there, you you know, you're getting, I don't know how you even get paid, what currency you're getting. 
but yeah, I do admire. They're they're kind of a model. Like I wish and I hope going forward, the Cavs follow where they have some consistency. They have a GM for more than one contract, which they already extended Altman. You got BJ Bickerstaff there now. It would be great if, and it does look like some of the draft picks for once over the last couple of years can play. So I really hope that you know the Cavaliers are in the beginning stages of what Toronto has been able to do. What for the past five, six years now, maybe more. Right, exactly. So I, I wonder, as we're wrapping up before break, you asked me a couple weeks back about have you gotten used to the new normal, how you've changed your you know, nightly routine, like what I would do every night, have dinner, get stuff done around the house, it's time to watch baseball. Well, when you know, we talk in two weeks, hopefully everything is on, on pace. We'll have NHL will be in their return-to-play tournament. The NBA will be playing in their bubble. This seems to be going pretty well down there. Baseball will be in the second weekend. Training camp is right around the corner. We're going to, in a very short time, Ryan, go from no sports to potentially everything back. Yes. Yes, we will. And I, I always like that we were joking around saying, you know what? I feel all right, you know? I kind of got used to not having sports. I found some other things to watch, and then it's almost like a bad addiction, man. I just... As soon as I saw those jerseys and I saw the Indians starting to practice, and I, I'll tell you when it happened. Once you turned me on to the fact that the intra-squad uh, scrimmages were being broadcast on the Indians' website, I walked up to where, you know, I send you the pictures from where I can overlook the stadium, and I heard Tom Hamilton, and it was like I, I just I looked like the Dave Chappelle meme when he was, you know, being the crackhead on his show. It was I was right back into it. I was like, it's time. I need it. So, I mean, I went from zero to 100 as soon as I saw or even heard Tom Hamilton's voice. And I, I can't tell you how many of these exhibition games I've watched. I've had the Royals-Astros game on MLB Network that is basically a glorified softball game on in the TV where I'm at. <laughs> Because it's fifteen to four in the ninth inning, <laughs> but as long as there's baseball back, I'll probably watch watch anything. Hey, and and you know what? Me and you sat through a few KBO games and we're just fine. So I think we're going to do even better with this. And it's going to be fun. I'm I'm curious. The Indians are home for the first six games, and of course, radio and TV crews aren't traveling. So I'll be curious how the broadcasts are like for the local affiliates. You know, ESPN's been doing this for a little while now, so they've kind of got a comfort and a rhythm. It's the right call to not have these guys travel. It's if people don't need to be in planes and you know out, then it's it's the right thing to do for all of the teams. But it's going to be great to have baseball back and, and very, very soon basketball and hopefully Sidney Crosby's healthy for the Penguins and they're ready to roll too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Crosby, let's just be careful. I mean, you know, you don't want to go into this tournament with him banged up, so keep him on ice. Get it, pun, ha, as much as you can. Good thing radio's free, huh? Keep him, you know, out of there as much as you can until you have to. So Because that first line with him, the way they were playing in that scrimmage on Saturday, they looked real scary. Uh, here's something else. You know, the Indians play Friday. They got their first game of the year. The, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of it, but you can see it. You know, they have that big countdown to opening day banner. Well, it's back up. 
So I'm curious to see what the city's going to look like. Here on Western Reserve Radio. Mill Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo days. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio on westernreserveradio.com. Wrapping up today is By All Means, presented by Milk Creek Golf Course. Make sure to book your tee time online now by calling them at 330-740-7112 or going online at milkcreekmetroparks.org slash golf. Before we get out of here, a one quick Indians update from Mandy Bell's Twitter account, who covers the Indians for MLB.com. And she says, Terry Francona said Adam Plutko will start the year in the bullpen. Aaron Savali and Zach Plezak will be the team's fourth and fifth starter. So the Tribe going to go with that five-man traditional rotation for the beginning of the 60-game shortened season. Big thank you to Brian Tonar, Director of Golf and Recreation at Mill Creek Metro Parks, my co-host Ryan Alessio from up in Cleveland, and of course Dave Ferris in our studio in Struthers, uh, keeping us on the air and handling all of the different connections. Next week, we'll prepare for the beginning of the NHL bubble. John Rutter, our NHL and Pittsburgh Penguins insider, will join the show at 5.12. That'll be right in the middle of the Penguins-Flyers exhibition game uh, that will be taking place as they get ready to return to regular play coming up here at the end of at the beginning of August and right at the end of July for the NBA. So that is today's show. Of course, we will be just about four games into the Major League Baseball season for the Indians and Pirates. We'll recap that and have a lot more for you here next week on By All Means here on Western Reserve Radio. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week. You've been listening to Episode 17 of By All Means, presented by Milk Creek Golf Course here on Western Reserve Radio. I'm your host, Mark Means. We'll talk to you next Tuesday.